Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. My highlight of the Skiatane says after you die, you can't like see the league and all you can see is you can view the corpse of your team and that is the term uh, in Gaze yeah. you view the corpse yeah. but here's the funny thing is that so my team's name is Naomi Watts I just being stupid because she's Australian she but is she, Australian well, she's, actually, she's an Australian superstar much like yourself so because my team name is Naomi Watts click a button to say you Naomi Watts' corpse <laughs> right like, that's very strange that's about the browser <laughs> history and, yeah. and yeah, we do not want that to happen no, because no, no, we, we are, Naomi we are, we are a pro Naomi Watts oh, show couldn't be always so. have been Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Yes, it is love-hate day. We somehow made it. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher, a supporter of Naomi Watts. Supporter of Naomi Watts, supporter of Juan Soto. Great day for the New York Yankees yesterday, Connor. I know you're happy to see that, as is Matthew who's been very plugged into baseball ever since Sean Figgins and Garrett Anderson retired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, look, big year coming from Tim Salmon. There we go. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. I, so here's my question. So I'm surprised that you are a Yankees fan, and here's why. Because they're not an obscure WNBA team. This is who you normally like. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Like, I feel like... They're a household franchise. I feel like you were a Mets fan, and then all of a sudden they sign, they get Juan Soto, and now all of a sudden you, you go out and buy a brand new Yankees jersey. That's not true. That's not true at all. I've been a diehard, lifelong Yankees fan since 2022 when Aaron Judge made his run for Roger Maris's record. So I'm all in Yankees. That's true. It also fits with my, uh, my kind of villain. Yeah, this yeah is true. that was the right choice. I really Evil like Empire. So in Australia, my football team is uh, the Collingwood Magpies. And sure, they're like, of course. They're like the Yankees if the Yankees got to the World Series but lost Game 7 every single time. <laughs> but the Magpies are the most hated team in the country. It just makes it all the sweeter when they win because everyone's against you. So I'm all in for the Yankees. So I feel like, okay, so you're a Yankees fan. I feel yeah. like you should also be like a fan of like the, the Cowboys. Lakers. Lakers, Yeah. Who are like the most hated? I'm, uh, my other allegiances are up for they're open for sale. I'm just trying to think. Who are the most? I'm not hated? in on the Jets anymore. Who are the most hated in each sport? Like, so the Yankees are the most hated. Cowboys. I think the, the Cowboys are the most hated in the NFL. Lakers probably in basketball. Lakers are the one who get grouped in that. The Celtics are pretty hated. These yeah, days. I think people hate the Celtics yeah, too. But I feel like Celtics. it's more about the Celtics fan base than yeah. it is necessarily. The sure. Celtics as an organization. Yeah, the Lakers, they're the front runners. Right, Lakers, Cowboys, Yankees. Right, exactly. They just reload. They, they go get Michael Kobe. Parsons they get Shaq. They get, yeah, Anthony Davis. They get LeBron, right. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is there's no hated hockey team because it just doesn't. <laughs> it's not very common. No. There's no, di- there's no dynasties recently no in hockey. No one hates the Rangers, really. Yeah, you'd be surprised. There's a yeah, diehard Rangers fan. A lot of people Who do, what do you think is the, the Who's the college team? This is the big one. Who's the college team that you think's hated the most? I have a couple of nominees off the top of my head. People I think Al- I, I, I was going to say Michigan. I was going to say Michigan. Hate oh, okay. Michigan. People and Ohio State. Right. I feel like they, it's one, they hate Ohio State. They hate Michigan. They hate Alabama. 
I think for a long time they hated Texas, and then Texas was bad for so long that no one cared. Now they're good again for one year, but whatever. But I feel like I feel like Bama, Michigan, and uh, Ohio State are sort of. Well, for me, it's Ohio State because I had them at 40-1 to 1 to win the national title last year and Noah Ruggles hooked his 50-yarder left at the buzzer. So, for me, it's Ohio State. Ruggles. Yeah. All-time it's a little bit, name. And, again, it goes back sort of, again, all the the Ohio State yeah, with a capital letter. It's a little – it's a very it's – a, so, yeah, 100%. Yep. And I'm only – I'm a fan of the Lakers, but I was – I came by it honestly. Like, yeah. when I lived in L.A., I was a, a season ticket holder for, like, over 15 years. Like – Back when Randy Fund was the head coach and Del Harris <laughs> and, and, and Vlade yes. Divac that's was fair. there. Oh, right, yeah, fair. well before Shaq and Kobe showed up. Like, I was out there rooting out for, you know, Vlade Divac and that's Cedric Sabalos and Eddie Jones, <laughs> Nick Van Exel. You know what I mean? Like, back in the day. Like, that's right when I graduated college. So, um, so I come by it honestly. And, okay, so you're a Yankees fan. You, you get one hated team you're allowed to be a fan of. Yeah, I think. Me, personally? Yeah, yeah I'm just allowed I don't want one. Okay, it's no. fine. I mean, the, Ranger, the Rangers are hated. I'll say that. All right. So, that's all I got. the little brother teams, though. That's it. Mets, Jets. Yeah. The Knicks were just bad forever. Yeah. yeah but no. they are never the little brother no, in no, New York. No, they are not. No, they would be the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets barely have their the own Brooklyn Nets aren't even a little brother. They're not related. They're just not There's existent. no blood relation there. Is what they are. I will tell you this, and then we can move on. And I don't want to get into a whole thing, so I'm not going to say. There is somebody in the fantasy sports industry that is well known for being a Yankees fan, Lakers fan and Cowboys fan. I swear to God, like that's their <laughs> that's the three teams they root for very Can't publicly. It. It's it. it's a yeah, it's a whole like tough that. look. Yep. Hate a, that. It's a it's a <laughs> hate that. Hate that. Love hate, it. It's hate love hate that. Me. That person might be a Brad dad and a Chad. By the way, which is who drinks free today? Uh, Taylor Swift, America's sweetheart, throwing them all under the bus last night. Dads, Brads, and Chads. She doesn't care if any of them are angry. I'm a dad. And I feel like, here you go, this is uh, Taylor Swift uh, uh, to Time Magazine. She was named Person of the Year, which, by the way, she should have been. She'd absolutely nah. is, she's absolutely Person demanding. of the Year. <laughs> and she says, quote, I'm just there to support Travis. She's talking about being shown on NFL games. I, quote, I'm just there to support Travis. I have no awareness of it if I'm being shown too much and pissing off a few dads, brads, and chads. Speaking as a dad, you don't piss me off. Like, I have no <laughs> issue. It's not her fault. I'm a, I'm a Swifty. I've admitted that. I'm completely uh, admitting that. But, by the way, how many fantasy football team names next year will be Dads, Brads, and Chads? Yeah, that's a lot. In our league, what, how many uh, Vegemite team names do we have? Three or four. Yeah. yeah. Too Kangaroos many, too many and Vegemite. It'll be a yeah. lot of Dads, Brads, A lot of Taylor Chads. Swift. I'll content. just say this, and then we can move on. I just, I, I'm a dad. You're a dad. I am a dad. You're I'm kind a dad. of a Chad. <laughs> um, wow. I should walk off this set. Steven is, Steven is shivering in the yeah. back right now. We, uh, we had dinner the other night, and the biggest revelation that came out was that Connor used to wear earrings. I did. That incredible. is true. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that was the biggest revelation that well, came out that night. It was in the top night. six or seven. It was, it was yeah, totally it, up it, there. It, it was on the Mount Rushmore It was the revelation. Can we bring him back if the Jets beat the Texans? Well, no, because no. he was. <laughs> bar's not we're gonna, we're gonna the Jets way, went we're, out. We're maybe. going way off the beaten path here. But I just know, to me, the biggest revelation was you and your fiancé were friends for like oh, five years, <laughs> Connor was stuck. Nightmare. Connor was stuck in the friend zone with his fiance, and then and he had these earrings. And then once he took out the earrings, <laughs> then then she was all then she was happens. good. Yeah, yeah. And Then she was just like, all right, yeah. all right, this guy's take your shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Credit, credit to Connor though, as I uh, compared at the dinner, very Aiden Hutchinson like, yes. just a motor, incredible motor, yeah. just continues to get he after just, the quarterback. Yes, no kept coming. Just yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the quickest first step. Maybe not Micah Parsons' quickness. <laughs> right. 
but a hell of a motor. Eventually, yeah. eventually wore her down. Yeah. Eventually wore her down. <laughs> How about the Roto World Player News? <laughs> she seemed tired at, at, at dinner. She did seem she tired. Stephen Fly, thank you. Roto World Player News for all your player news. Go to NBCSports.com. Here are the notable injuries we are tracking going into not only Thursday Night Football, but the weekend. Dorian Thompson-Robinson with a concussion. He got in a limited practice, but Joe Flacco will be speaking to the media today, which kind of indicates, while he's also been taking the first-team reps, it will be another Joe Flacco game for the Browns. Derek Carr gets in a limited practice, which is a little surprising with the status of his concussions and the rib injury. Puka Nakua, he has that AC joint, but he is still practicing in a limited fashion, expected to play. Trevor Lawrence didn't practice with the ankle. Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet still not practicing with their injuries for the Seattle backfield. Mark Cooper did not practice with the rib injury. Isaiah Pacheco was a little bit of a surprise for us. He did not practice with the shoulder. That came up at, at the end of last yeah. yesterday's show, and McKinnon has missed two weeks, so it could be the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire show on Sunday. We'll track that throughout the week. Brees Hall dealing with an ankle. He had some uh, DNPs last week as well with the lower body injury, so he's just nursing a couple things. We'll keep an eye on his status. Taysom Hill with foot and hand injuries did not practice as well. So we'll keep an eye on all these going into the weekend, but the ones that you need to know for tonight, if you need to somehow start somebody in this game for tonight oh boy, with this much on the line, this is the Thursday night football injuries. Kenny Pickett is obviously out of the game with the ankle injury. It'll be the Maserati Mitch show. Najee Harris is questionable with the knee. Ramondre Stevenson with the ankle, he's out. Pop Douglas with a concussion, he's out. Juju dealing with an ankle, he's questionable. Devontae Parker with a knee questionable. Basically, if you are a pass catcher for the Patriots, Jay, it's not looking good for you in this game. That What is the point total still sitting at 30? Yeah, it's still sitting at 30. I made the comparison the other day to watching Jets-Falcons. It was like watching Manchester by the Sea for yeah. a fourth time. This game tonight is like the second half of Manchester by the Sea when you find out why Casey Affleck is so sad. Anyway, I won't spoil that movie, but this game, uh, fantasy-wise, there's not a lot. We'll get into it later, but I mean, so there's no one in, who's ranked in the top 20 at their position in this game, right, Matthew? Is that right? It looks ugly. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, it look, I guess we'll, get, we'll do a Thursday night preview a little bit later, but I'll, I'll just say that you're just, how are they moving the ball? I, I, like, on the Patriots side of the ball, I feel like you feel pretty good about the volume Ezekiel Elliott's going to get with Ramondre Stevenson out. On the, and I suppose if I was truly, truly desperate, uh, Devontae Parker with Demario Douglas out should get a decent amount of looks. But it's not a great matchup against Pittsburgh. And as we've talked about, like, Devontae Parker needs 50-50 balls. He doesn't get open. He doesn't get separation. He needs basically a quarterback that has enough guts to just basically throw it to him and give him a chance. Park, give him a chance, and Parker's going to earn it in his valley zappy you know, in this game uh, on the road at Pittsburgh, going to throw those kind of balls to him. Najee Harris, which we talked about, expected to play tonight, but he's been banged up. He's missed practice all week. I do like Warren tonight as kind of a flex play with upside. Patriots have, so far this year, for the most part, struggled against pass-catching running backs. And so if Harris is less than 100%, you can certainly see Warren um, uh, getting some work and, and Trubisky chucking it down a little bit. But that's the concern is that, like, Kenny Pickett's been bad this year. For the most part, Kenny Pickett has been bad. And it's also clear that he's absolutely the best quarterback on the Steelers. Like, when Trubisky has come in, you're like, oh, I see why they didn't no. want, they want to get away from Pickett. Right. Because as bad as Pickett's been, he's significantly an upgrade over Trubisky. So, yeah. You, as bad as Trubisky is, though, like, at least, I mean, we are talking about this yesterday, but he's still a real-life quarterback, whereas yes. like Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon are not. Like, they're still going to run a real-life offense. This isn't going to be the fantasy land of comically bad drives. So I do think there is 
some viability, it's, particularly if Fry move, Deontay. Like, these guys are talented enough. I think they will be okay, but it's going to be uninspiring. Yeah, it's, the the over under is like what, I think it's, it's 30, like thirty flat. Yeah, it's thirty. Yeah, there's it's no weather. Flat, there's right. no winds. There's no rain. It's unbelievable. Yeah, all other totals I remember being this low. All had some weather element, or like Kendall Hinton playing quarterback. Right. I was just gonna well, say we're not too far from that <laughs> yeah. in some way. Yeah. Honestly, I have a sneaky suspicion the over hits. Well, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll I, get to that now. Preview. Yeah, no bar to clear. We'll see. Camp. I just, I yeah. just a pick six or something like that. A fumble. Like there's this. It's going to be a comic. It's you know. I don't think it goes to forty or anything like that. But I mean, thirty is such a low number. It is low. You can get to that by accident. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I sort of think. I don't know. Stick around. We got our best bets for Thursday night football at the end of the show during last call. Let's jump into love hate, and we will start with the running backs with Kyron Williams here, Barry. Kyron Williams has been a volume king this year. Comes in as RB3 against the Ravens, who have a good defense, but this is a player that's just having a great fantasy season. He played against the Cleveland Browns last week, another great defense, and ran all over them. Just massive workload. Again, you're like, well, Kyron Williams is obvious. Like, I'm at running back three this week. And in a week in which there's only two teams on a bye, he's my running back three. Again, you mentioned the workload, right? 94% snap rate last week. He got every running back touch last week except for one. He scored at least one touchdown in six of his seven games so far this year where he's gotten at least 15 touches. We expect him to get that kind of workload. And running backs who have seen at least 15 touches against the Ravens this season, averaging over 18 fantasy points per game. Again, in, in games in which Kyron Williams has played this year, he's averaging almost 20 touches per game. So we certainly expect him to get to 15 against the Ravens. My running back three this week. It's an unbelievable story fantasy-wise. Yep, it is. He's a monster. And this Ravens defense, as good as it is, not as good against the rush. Also going to be rain, going to be wind as well. Stafford, I don't think, is set up for success in this game. So I would expect them to lean on the run as much as possible. Our next one here, Jay, is Zach Moss. Because much like Kyron Williams, when Jonathan Taylor is out, volume king against the Cincinnati defense that... Looks like a shell of their former self in the last couple weeks. I think the Bengals might have the worst defense in football. Now, they're particularly bad against the pass, and but they're also bad against the run. And I think Zach Moss, it was a disappointing game last week against the Titans, but the Tyson, Titans have a really solid run defense. And against the Bengals, I think that uh, particularly if the offensive line of the Colts is healthy, and we'll see about that, Braden Smith, their tackle, he left the game against the Titans. Should get an update on him tomorrow. But this is a very favorable matchup for Zach Moss. Bengals have allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back in four straight, and in uh, six of their eight of the, I'm sorry, eight of their past nine, we saw Travis Etienne get in the end zone against them on Monday night as well. And so Zach Moss, again, to your point, the box score production last week for Zach Moss was disappointing. The usage was not yeah. 94% of the snaps, 100% of the running back carries in that one, literally 100%. Do you know you know what that leaves for everyone else on the team? Zero. I did that yes. math in my yes, head. Correct. I don't want to brag, but literally yeah. just. 100%. Best, you can't do better than that. You can't do better than 100%. You cannot. And one little sneaky thing about this one, Shane Steichen uh, yesterday when he was asked about it, the, the question was phrased as, so Jonathan Taylor missed this week, right? And Steichen was like, we'll see. So, not complete. Now, Taylor's supposed to be out three to five weeks. Right, and it's been one be week. So, I would suspect that he's not going to be out and Steichen's just having a little bit of fun. But, right. so he didn't rule him out. Yeah. Also, and also, he hasn't gone on IR either, so there is some outside chance. Maybe the, like a what, chance. Shane's taking what, the stick man? Yeah, the, the stick man. Yeah. The stick man. That's yes. what we're trying to, we're trying to make that game. work. It yes. feels like the Brian Dable after we saw Saquon Barkley's ankle twist yes. a million times, and he's like, hey, we're not ruling him out yet, guys. Yeah. Let's relax here. Wouldn't be shocked yeah. though if Taylor's back maybe the following week. Right. This maybe. week would be a little, little abrupt. A little, little, we'll, we'll see. Be very interesting. And by the way, they haven't ruled 
just I'm just because we're talking about the 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 Colts and the Bengals. They're playing the Bengals, and the Bengals, of course, were part of that game where Trevor Lawrence went down last week. Same thing. Like they're like Trevor Lawrence is doing everything possible to like they haven't ruled him out yet. I don't think he's playing on Sunday, Trevor Lawrence. But I don't think he is either. But they are doing the same sort of dance where the media where they're saying. Keep guessing. He's uh, he's doing he's doing. 24 hours of, you know, straight therapy, like, yeah. you know, whatever. I think a good bet to make by that, by the way. Lawrence has got no walking boot or anything. It seems like the, the injury is not that serious. I would expect that he's going to play the following week against Baltimore. And right now, the line on that game is Jags plus six and a half home to Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. I think, Lawrence, I think that's close to the line if Bethard is playing. But if Lawrence is playing, that game is much lower. That's like a two-point line in that kind of range. So I think you're better off betting. You, it's a good bet to bet the Jags right now. Just a, a reminder, he did not need a cart, Trevor Lawrence. Didn't need a cart. Though did in not, retrospect, he kind said of he should have got one. Yes. Right. He yes. should have gotten a cart, but yes. he did not have one. So, Our next running back, Devon A. Chan against the Titans, where with him, we don't, we don't question the talent with Ashane uh, or the productivity at this point. It's just a matter of if he's healthy. And right now, Matthew, he looks healthy. Dude, he looks nothing short of fantastic. Again, they were blowing my commanders out from moment one, and they still had no problem giving a ton of work to Devon Achan, or some call him Ashane. He's had four different games, just four games where he's gotten double-digit touches in this week, uh, in this game. Uh, I'm sorry, in a game. 21 or more fantasy points in all four games. He's had at least three red zone touches in every one of those games, at least a 14% target share in the three of those games. You like the matchup against Tennessee. Since week five, they're a bottom 10 run defense. And so in a game in which they're favored by almost two touchdowns, the Miami Dolphins, Devin Achan, to me, is a top 10 play. I'm at running back seven this week. Devon Achan. Very strange inflection. Yeah, no, I know. Well, cause that was terrifying. One of our producers. One of our Explain producers, yourself. I'll tell you. I'm going to, if you'll be quiet for one second. <laughs> and one of our producers likes to call him uh, Ashane. And so I was having fun with that. Um, his name is Devon Achan, right? But That's then right. I just by, by, right. by I got I got all tongue tied. Yes. English is my second language. <laughs> yes. In fairness to me, after Latin. Yeah, yes. exactly. Everyone knows that I'm fluent yes. in Latin. <laughs> yeah, I'm fluent in Latin. Big Latin guy. Yeah, big big. Yeah. Latin or you guy. put that on producer Damien, who started this ridiculous Ashane phenomenon. But it yeah. wasn't a joke at first. I just want no. to make this clear. Uh, that's that's the real truth. No, thing. that's he thought that's how it was pronounced. Yes. Which yeah. was it was pretty cool. No, everyone thought it was a chain, and then after his like no, his so coming up, a chain. A chain. Yeah. Uh, Devon a chain. Uh, and that's how he was referred to at Texas A&M for years and years and years and years. In the school guide. Yeah. The pronunciation exa- guide. You're right, exactly. We use these things for the NFL draft. <laughs> and then when he comes out and has his first big game as a Dolphin, he's like, no, it's A-chan. Yeah. I didn't realize it was in the Constitution that whenever you light up the Denver Broncos, you get to change your name, which is uh, very unique. But good on him. Good on you, Devin yeah. A-chan. Some others receiving votes. James I- I've Cook. I've been told it's Tyrick Hill. Tyrick. Yeah. Just wait. See if he lights up the Titans. We have a whole new name. Uh, I don't think you could change this one. James Cook against the Chiefs. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard against the Saints. Keaton Mitchell against the Rams. And, Jay, with James Cook, I mean, with Joe Brady involved, volume guy for him as well. And we've seen the Chiefs' defense be a little hot and cold this year as well. Yep. They have not been great against the run all season in terms of efficiency. The volume numbers are a little bit disguised because they're the Chiefs and they're leading most of the time. But on a per-play basis, they've been pretty bad against the run. I think Buffalo's going to win this game, guys. The Bills are down to they're only one-and-a-half-point dogs in Arrowhead, so the market is very bullish on Buffalo. 
Chiefs team just hasn't looked right for weeks, and I think Cook should be in position to capitalize. Two games since Brady took over as the coordinator in Buffalo. James Cook is averaging 21 touches a game and a 14% target share. You see Chuba Hubbard there on your screen as well. We've talked about this. No Frank Reich, no Deuce Staley as the running backs coach. They went back to Hubbard as kind of the workhorse. He's now had back-to-back games with 19 touches since week eight. Saints allow a league-high 163 rushing yards per game. And then we talked about Keaton Mitchell out-snapping Gus Edwards the last time we saw the Ravens. He's averaging almost 10 yards per touch. So he comes in at running back 29. I think he's a high upside flex. I'm also facing him this week yeah. in a game in which I need to win. I'm, 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 I'm in this league where I'm third in points. And I'm like, but I've just had bad luck. I'm most points against in one of those things. And if I don't win this week and I'm playing the one team in the league – there's two teams in the league that have more points than me. I'm playing the one team in the league, one of the, te- the highest-scoring team in the league, and so if I lose this game, I'm out of the playoffs despite yeah. having the third-highest point total in the league. He's got Keaton Mitchell, the guy I'm playing, so you know he's going off. Feels like he's an idiotic. Gonna, he's going to have a monster yeah. game against me. I'm just telling you. That's how it's gone for me. I lost Mark <laughs> Andrews and Anthony Richardson in this league. It's a super flex league. It's a deep, you know, deep 12-team super flex league. Anyway, it's, very, it's very annoying. It's very upsetting. So just so you know, Keith Mitchell's going off because okay. I need him to have a bad game. Noted. And he's not going to. Noted pessimist Matthew Berry. Yes. I'm just – I Do you I, go into every matchup thinking that the worst is going to yes. happen or you're even keel or you're positive? You're no, negative. no. I, I'm a Jew. What do you – I mean, come on. It's built into my DNA. So because you're Jewish, Keith Mitchell's going to go off. Yes. <laughs> okay. Obviously. It's funny how that wow. works. So Obviously, yes. Do I, yes. Do I, do I assume the worst? Of course I do. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Come on. Oh boy. Speaking of assuming the worst, the hate list, DeAndre yeah, Swift. <laughs> like, it's built into my DNA. DeAndre Swift touches down against San Francisco. We saw him leave that game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, they get a little extra rest here. But DeAndre Swift not in your top 20 running backs this week, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't know if he's 100% healthy or not. He's obviously on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys on Peacock and NBC. I'm a company man. But – he played on only 42% of the offensive snaps last week. Now, some of that was because he got banged up towards the end of the game, but also they were trailing. And they're using Kenneth Gainwell on passing downs, and that's the concern. So Swift, who just hasn't been involved in the passing game lately, even in games in which the Eagles were winning, that's a concern. They're on the road at Dallas where they are underdogs here as well. Cowboys defense, really good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. They allow 3.7 yards per carry to running backs. They've only allowed three running backs this entire season to get over 80 yards from scrimmage. So with Swift, basically, you're hoping he falls into the end zone. And there's always a chance at that. But because you're dealing with Jalen Hurts and the brotherly shove is literally like the most effective play in football, like a success rate of like, you know, 99%, it's hard to see Swift, you know, having uh, feeling great about his chances of getting into the end zone here. So... I'm at running back 22 in a week in, a week in which, again, only two teams are on a bye. Yep, and last time he played Dallas, which was only a few weeks ago, so I think that's relevant in terms of the discussion. 18 carries, but only 43 yards on the ground, 2.4 yards per carry. I'm not sure why that would change their inability to create gaps for him on the offensive line, given the Dallas of the team with extra rest. He was only targeted twice in that game uh, as a receiver, so... Just not going great for DeAndre Swift. Also, the Eagles just could not do anything on the ground against San Francisco. Their offensive line is not, it hasn't been the same dominant run game when, you know, there were memes in the Minnesota-Philadelphia game uh, early in the season where, you know, DeAndre Swift was running through holes that, you know, the three of us could run through. But, yeah, it's just not working. The other thing, too, there's just such a strange phenomenon about watching Eagles games where as soon as they get to the two-yard line, 
you just know that, all right, well, let's just fast forward because this is over. And it doesn't help DeAndre Swift. It's just all Jalen Hurts. So. The other thing is, is that the line is three and a half. Cowboys are favored by three and a half. And I feel like there's no chance that line hits. It's either, I feel like either the Eagles win this one because their backs are against the wall and they want to show everyone, you know, hey, what happened last week against San Francisco, or they get blown out here. I mean, because the Eagles' defense isn't any good, and the Cowboys' offense is running on all cylinders. I mean, the Cowboys' offense looks as good as I've seen that offense look in years. Uh, they are, and, and so, given the struggles of the Eagles' defense, this game is at home. Dak and CeeDee Lamb and, and Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson, like, all, that whole offense is really rolling. Like, so I could see a scenario where the Eagles are down 10 in this game, they're down 14 or whatever, and all of a sudden they're in you know, pass-first catch-up mode. And then it's a lot of gain well. Yep. So the total in this game is 52, which is almost double the total of tonight's game. And look, I would be stunned if the Eagles were able to slow down Dallas. Like, Dak is just yeah. playing too well right now. That secondary has been too bad for so long yeah. in Philadelphia. I don't think the Cowboys are going to slow down the Eagles that much, but there is the chance that the Cowboys' defense could just ball out, Parsons and Lawrence go off. So certainly you don't think game script is going to go in Philly's favor. All right, next up on the hate list, Najee Harris for tonight's game, Thursday Night Football. Jay, Najee comes in as yeah, RB. Can I, can I just, like, just, no. I'm, just, no. No, I'm, I'm interrupting. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, doesn't matter. We're off the rails anyway. I'm just, but back to that game for one second real yeah. quickly. The other thing is, is, like, are we sure the Eagles are really good? And here's what I mean by that. Like, think about the, the quote, the games they've played against good teams. Like, they barely beat the Chiefs. Are we sure the Chiefs are a good team? Like, they barely beat the Bills. They should have lost to both of those They should have, right, exactly. And I'm just saying, like, the Bills are, I don't think we're convinced the Bills are a good team, right? And then, again, the Chiefs getting dominated by the Packers last week. Those are two flawed teams, the, the Chiefs and the Bills. And to your point, right, the Eagles easily could have lost both those games. A couple of calls went against them again, against the Cowboys. Cowboys easily could have won the game they played. My biggest concern for the Eagles is that they didn't blow out the Commanders either time. They didn't blow no. out New England. They're not destroying teams. Last year, they were destroying teams, right. and it was comical. This year, they just haven't reached the same level. I'm not sure how much of that is Jalen Hurts, how much of that is guys in the secondary just getting old. Their linebackers have been a mess. We'll see if Shaq Leonard fixes that, but... No, I don't think they're one of the two or three best teams in the NFL right now. We'll get more into that matchup during the quarterback love list as well. But Najee Harris here, Jay, makes it in the top 30 running backs. He's RB27, but New England's run defense has been stout. Najee comes into this game banged up. So, I'm not sure how this has happened, but on an efficiency play-by-play basis, New England have the best run defense in the NFL. So, I don't know how it's happened, but that's where we are at the moment. Najee's banged up, expected to play, but he's on the injury report. You would expect they're going to lean on Jalen Warren. If he's banged up on a short week and Warren is full go health-wise, then why wouldn't they just lean on Warren? The total is 30. There's not going to be that many points in this game. Over the last four weeks, no team in the NFL has allowed fewer fantasy points per game to opposing running backs than the New England Patriots. Since week six, only one running back has scored even 15 fantasy points against the Patriots. We think Jalen Warren's the better running back, honestly. Like, even with all things being equal, now you've got Harris, who hasn't practiced all week. He's going to be active tonight, but... You just don't feel great about his chances in a bad matchup, less than healthy. He comes in at running back 27 for me. Uh, feels like he could he could re-injure himself. He could just be out there for insurance. I you know they don't want to pass that much in this one, but yeah, in a, in a low-scoring, ugly game, just he's a touchdown-dependent low-end flex. Our last running back, Alexander Madison, against Las Vegas. I feel like he has some real estate on the hate list at this point. Alexander Madison comes in as I promise RB32. It's not personal. Yeah. I promise you it's not personal. RB32 this week, Barry, against Vegas team that you think 
the Minnesota offense could take advantage of a little bit. I think so, but I think they'll take advantage of it through the air as well. Like, first off, like, Ty Chandler has become a thing for this Vikings offense. Six straight games now for Madison where he's handled below 60% of the team's rushes. Remember, Josh Dobbs always a, uh, a threat to take it and run it himself. Last four weeks, Raiders top five in the NFL in terms of fewest yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. So Madison in this game, just he's in a timeshare in a game in which we think the Vikings will move the ball through the air. They get Justin Jefferson back in this one. They're going right. to want to throw to him uh, as well. And so, I don't know, like... Madison's not really involved in the passing game either. So, yeah, I mean, I'm at running back 32. It's, Just been, don't love it. it's been six weeks since he's had more than two targets in the passing game. He's fumbled each of the past two games as well. Now, I do think Jefferson coming back will help their running game a little bit just sure. in terms of the space. But it just doesn't seem like there's a great deal of ceiling for Madison at the moment. This holiday season, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Roto World Draft Guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to NBCSports.com slash holiday bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off and a $10 Fanatics gift card. We're taking our first break. When we're back, love-hate continues. with the pass catchers and quarterbacks. Just, you know, that's what I bought each of you guys <laughs> oh, thank you for the so holidays. Much, well, you guys are the sports fans of my life. Yeah. Fantasy fanatics. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Choose. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Heads up, we have a special edition of Fantasy Football Pregame on Saturday, December 23rd, live from 1 to 3. Barry, Jay, and Lawrence will be previewing the Christmas weekend slate leading into Football Night in America. Tweet us, as always, using the hashtag FFPregame. We continue on with love-hate as we get into the pass catchers led by Mike Evans against the Falcons this weekend. Barry, we saw A.J. Terrell get hurt against the Jets last week. And Mike Evans, it really doesn't matter who he plays. No, he is Mr. Just... Consistent. Ten straight seasons to begin his NFL career with 1,000 yards. He comes in as a top ten wide receiver for you this week. He's been nothing short of phenomenal, especially the last four weeks where, you know, I tell my daughters, find someone who looks at you the way that Baker Mayfield looks at Mike Evans. Over the last four weeks, he's got a 33% target share with a 16.2 average depth of target. He's gotten at least four deep targets in every single game. Falcons tied for the second most touchdowns allowed on deep passes. 
Mike Evans, you see it there on your screen. He's my wide receiver nine this week. He's just he's been nothing short of phenomenal on his way to a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, the Falcons are in trouble in this one. To your point about yep. AJ Terrell, uh, you mentioned this on Monday. The replacement there, Clark Phillips, the third, he's five nine. Yeah, so if he's Bad not going to be able to cover Mike Evans. You would expect. Now Terrell did go through limited practice, but he's in the concussion protocol. We'll see if he's able to go. Nate Landman as well, who's been their best linebacker yeah. this year, he is injured too. I'm not sure if he is going to play. Uh, the line, based on the Falcons injury report, the line moved from Falcons minus 2.5 to Falcons minus 1, which tells you that they are in trouble on defense. And Evans, who's wide receiver 8 on the season, should be able to benefit. Our next one, Jay, DJ Moore. We've talked a lot on this show about how bad the Lions' defense has been. They can't stop anyone right now. And Moore's season has been pretty simple. When Justin Fields has been healthy, Moore's had some monster performances with Fields under center. He has. And this Lions defense at the moment, I mean, they just have no prayer at all. Uh, Alan McNeil, he goes down. Yep. He's on, he's on IR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's in trouble. He's their best interior defensive lineman. Uh, and I think that this Lions defense now, like outside Aiden Hutchinson and maybe Brian Branch, who's an above-average player That's on the it. defense? I, I don't think there's anyone. And they're just getting lit up time and time again. So they have 21 nothing against the Saints, and that all of a sudden that was a game. They really could have lost that game because they just cannot stop anyone through the air. Uh, we've seen what Justin Fields was able to do to them uh, just a few weeks ago in a game that the Bears really should have won in Detroit. So DJ Moore should be in for a massive day. 40% target share in the two games since Justin Fields returned. 22 or more fantasy points in the four full games he's played with Fields under center. And it's worth noting that wide receivers who see at least seven targets against the Lions are averaging 17 points per game. Seven targets or more against the Lions, you're averaging 17 points again. He's got a 40% target share. He's wide receiver 13 for me this week, and that might be too low. All right, DJ Moore, wide receiver 13, and right behind him, Chris Olave at wide receiver 14 here, Barry, against the Carolina Panthers. Now, we don't know the exact status of New Orleans at quarterback going into this game, but honestly, does it matter? No, it does not. He's produced with Derek Carr. He's produced with Jameis Winston. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. Even uh, Taysom Hill will get the ball to Chris Olave. Uh, four straight games where he's averaged over two fantasy points per target, which is just kind of an insane rate. With Jameis Winston this season, a 37% target share. So, But if Derek Carr plays, obviously he's been producing. Had a big game last week as well. Panthers are bottom eight in the NFL in terms of completion rate allowed on deep passes. Olave gets multiple deep looks every single game. So, yeah, give me Chris Olave as a top 14 play this week at home against the Panthers. So funny with Jameis. That tipped ball, that's right. like Jameis. Jameis. That was going straight to Jerry Jacobs, right, for a pick. <laughs> Instead it gets tipped. A and pick Olave. six, probably. Yeah, <laughs> and Olave gets the big gain. But uh, if it's Derek Carr, great, because I think he's a better quarterback than Jameis. If it's Jameis... Great, because he throws deep a ton. Olave uh, feeds on deep balls. So Olave should, just through volume alone, uh, should have a massive You know what's back. weird about Derek Carr, though, is the, and I'm now going to an, a football discussion. We can, we'll get back to fantasy in one second here. But all the conversation last year about Tua, yeah. and no one's talking about Derek Carr. Like, this is his second concussion, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, you know what I mean? And, like, there was real concern, rightfully so, about Tua last year because of all the concussions he suffered, and no one cared. I don't know if it's because when it happened to Tua, it was on the national game. I and think like, that's That's it. what it was. And it's just also, like, honestly, it's because Derek Carr doesn't have Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniel on his team, and no one just no one thinks about the Saints. No yeah. one talks about them at all. 
but it is serious. And man, this guy's getting injured in like 50% yes. of his games right. this year. He's taking absolute Head beating. Head to toe. awful. What is he, he's on the injury report with a back, shoulder, and a concussion? Yeah, it's awful. Like at some point, I mean, yeah, it is a bit scary. It's awful. So anyway, we're rooting for Derek Carr um, uh, here as well. By all accounts, just an awesome human being. Uh, but um, it's just a weird one that, like, I just feel like no one's talking about yep. that. And last year, all they talked about was with Tua. Yep. And it's kind of a similar situation and that, you know, there's – there's some concern there. Anyway. Our final pass catcher locked into the love list, Jake Ferguson. He's on a big-time touchdown stretch here, Barry, and we talked about just how much confidence we have in Dallas's passing attack right now. Yeah, especially when they play tight end and they're facing the Eagles. Yeah. I've said easy. it a million times. Death Texas start your tight ends against the Eagles, including Jake Ferguson in Week 9 when he faced the same Phila team, and he went seven receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. He got 10 targets in that one. Look, Titans who see at least five targets against the Eagles this year are averaging over 16 points per game. Five of the seven of them have scored a touchdown in this one. And so Jake Ferguson, who leads all tight ends in the NFL with 20 red zone targets, he's got six more than anyone else. Like, when they get in close, Dak Prescott likes to look for big Jake Ferguson, who scored in four of his past six, including the last time he faced the Eagles. He's a top five play for me this week. All in on Jake Ferguson. Yep. And the Eagles, here, how, here's how bad they're doing at linebacker. Uh, so Christian Ellis, he started the game at linebacker in their biggest game of the season against the Niners. He's just been waived. Uh, so that's how they're doing. And Shaq Leonard has come in there. But, like, Shaq Leonard's not the guy that he was three years ago in Indianapolis. There is a reason he was available this late in the season, struggling in coverage. Uh, so I think that Jake Ferguson should go off. By the way, here's how bad the Eagles linebackers are. And just here's how, how uh, down bad they are in the defense. Penn State Blake didn't fight us with any stats. And sometimes when we're like, we'll talk about this, we'll be like, hey, you know, like, hey. But, um, no. and Blake, and like, well, no, no. He starts, like, defending him because he's a diehard Eagles fan. And Penn State Blake will start being like, well, no, no, no. Well, there's this and there's this. And this guy's coming back. And I don't think you understand. And now this time he's just like, yeah. Mm, yeah. Jake, <laughs> Jake Ferguson, yeah. fire him up. Yeah, okay. exactly. Now, Zach Cunningham will be back, and that'll help a bit. But, yeah, they're still in trouble. And on the other side of this, Dallas Goddard will return. So a yes. big-time tight end game. That helps, and, and certainly, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I moved Devontae Smith down in my ranks. And so it's great to have uh, Dallas Goddard back. I think you've been holding on to him. I think you start him like he's a top-ten tight end as soon as he's active for this game here. But that's a concern. Devontae Smith now more of a wide receiver three than the wide receiver, you know, the top-15 guy he's been the last couple of weeks with Goddard out. Some others receiving votes, both Rasheed Rice and Gabe Davis in that Buffalo-Kansas City game. Jackson Smith and Jigba makes the list. He's had a really nice second half of the season so far. Elijah Moore, we know the deal. If Joe Flacco is playing, you could start Elijah Moore. Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson is out. Keep an eye on that. Isaiah Likely against the Rams and Gerald Everett against the Broncos here, Matthew. Yeah, just to whip through quickly on these, you know, Rice has now had back-to-back games with over a 30% target share with with at least eight receptions in both. Buffalo allows the second-highest catch rate to wide receivers. Gabe Davis also inside my top 30 as well. Season highs in end zone targets and deep targets against the Eagles in Week 12. Kansas City bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers over the last four. JSN, we've talked about him a lot on this show, but continues to uh, to you know, improve. Should have had an even bigger game the last time we saw him. Uh, a, a tough drop there in the end zone, but 11 targets last week with a 29% target share in a game in which uh, the Seahawks are double-digit underdogs to the Niners. Elijah Moore, he's on there. If Flacco starts, you're starting Elijah Moore, especially with, by the way, Amari Cooper missed practice again today. Still in the concussion protocol. No uh, 
you know, no guarantee that Amari Cooper suits up for the Browns on Sunday. You mentioned uh, Dontavian Wicks. Uh, six straight games with a double-digit target share for Wicks, and especially if Watson is out, you like him against the Giants, who over the last four weeks allow the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Isaiah likely, nice uh, matchup against the Rams. Seven of the 11 tight ends who have seen at least four targets against L.A. have scored double-digit fantasy points, and then Gerald Everett. Look, uh, Broncos, second most yards and fantasy points to tight ends this season. We were talking about in the break, Brandon Staley saying, hey, there's going to be competition at the running back position. The truth of the matter is we all love Austin Eckler. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of fantasy. He's an investor in my company. Uh, You won't find a bigger Austin Eckler fan than me other than maybe Mama Eckler. But the fact is the production hasn't been there. Austin Eckler, the fantasy manager, would admit Austin Eckler, the football player, hasn't been – uh, producing at the high enough level that he would want. My point of bringing all that up is, is like they need somebody to do yeah. something. It can't all be Keenan Allen. They're getting nothing out of their run game. So here's Gerald Everett, who has at least four receptions and 40 yards in both games since he came back from the injury. Nice matchup against a Broncos team that's top two in the NFL in terms of most yards and fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. All right, we move over to the hate list for pass catchers here. We talked a lot about Adam Thielen yesterday on keep it open or close it out, but where does he end up coming in on your rankings this week, Barry? Wide receiver 31. Again, since week eight, he's the 48th best wide receiver on a points-per-game basis. Carolina has a bottom five implied team total this week. Don't see a lot of scoring. Feels like what little passing they've been doing is going to Jonathan Mingo these days. Jay, our next one, T. Higgins. He's got the Colts. Comes in as wide receiver 32 for Barry. Well, Jamar Chase has been fine with Jake Browning. You can't say the same thing about T. Higgins right now. No, you can't. He gets a tough matchup against the Colts. Now, the Colts don't have great corners, but they do have an excellent pass rush. And against in, uh, since his O-line, which is suspect, I think that Jake Browning will have a tough time. And T. Higgins, who just wasn't involved last game really at all, I think he may struggle. Colts allow passing touchdowns at the sixth lowest rate uh, in the NFL. I'm also not crazy about Deontay Johnson against the Patriots tonight because I'm not crazy about anyone in this game as well. But look, since week eight, the Patriots are the number one scoring defense in the NFL. We've talked about this over-under being only 30. We're not exactly excited about any offense in this one. Four straight games now with under 50 receiving yards for Deontay Johnson with four or fewer receptions in both those. So what you're really hoping for, if the volume hasn't been there, and I don't know that he's going to get there with Trubisky, if the volume's not there, is he going to get into the end zone in a game with uh, an implied team total you know, of like, what is it, like 16 for the, uh, for the Steelers? Yeah, 18 to 12. Like, if it's 30 points and the line is 6, 18 12, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. So you're just, you know, I don't know. I have Deontay Johnson as wide receiver 39. Not crazy about the Mitch Trubisky experience tonight. We close out Love Hate, of course, with the quarterbacks. And, Jay, who better to start with than Dak Prescott? We have been talking about this Eagles-Cowboys game a ton, and rightly so. And with that Eagles secondary, this is looking real good for Dak, who's had little problems this year against every secondary, it feels like. He's been the best quarterback in the NFL for the past two months. I don't think there's any way around that. And this is, again, talk about pass funnels, run funnels. The Eagles are a pass funnel. Their run defense is solid. Their pass defense has been terrible. And now you get Dak, who's been rolling, and they are throwing the ball more. I think people have criticized Dak because uh, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't beaten a team that has a winning record right now. But I mean, he's done this. The Seattle defense is perfectly solid, and he absolutely lit them up. Seattle's got a better defense in the past game than Philadelphia do right now. So I just think he's unstoppable right now, uh, and he will get his fair share against the Eagles. To your point, just to give some stats to what you were saying right there, Jay, four of the past five quarterbacks to face the Eagles have scored at least 28 fantasy points. 
They've allowed at least 300 passing yards in four of the past five games as well. So Dak Prescott, literally my number one quarterback in fantasy this week. All right, Justin Fields is next up against that Lions defense. Justin Fields comes in as QB6 for you, Barry. We know he can run on this Lions defense as well when he's not throwing to DJ Moore. He's had at least 100 rushing yards. Think about how crazy a stat this is. The last three games, last three games, dating back to last year, last three games he's played against Detroit, Justin Fields has a minimum of 100 rushing yards. At least 100 rushing yards in all three games for a quarterback against the same opponent. In the two games that he's had, since he's returned from injury, he's had 30 rush attempts in the two games, and 73% of this is the most important thing, 73% of those 30 rushing attempts have been design runs. This isn't scrambling, this isn't the offensive line breaking down and Fields running for his life. This is now a big part of the offense. Over the last four weeks, only one team in the NFL gives up more fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks than your Detroit Lions. So, Justin Fields, we talked about how bad that Lions defense is when we were talking about DJ Moore. Jay, this is a, a really nice matchup for Fields. Comes in at QB6 for me. Yep, and he played them two games ago, and he went 18 for 104 on the ground. He's really efficient through the air. I don't know what on earth they were trying to do against Minnesota, just throwing screen passes every single play. Presumably, they'll run real plays against Detroit because you can exploit that defense down the field. All right, our next one here, Tua Tungavailoa. Miami has the highest implied team total this week, Jay, with Tyreek, Waddle, the whole offense. I mean, this is easy pickings for Tua against a Tennessee team that we heard Mike Rabel yesterday. We played some sound. He's just going through it this year. Yeah, it's been a tough year for the Titans. This is a dream matchup for the Dolphins in primetime Monday Night Football. And again, this is a team, this is a Tennessee defense that's really solid against the run and atrocious against the pass. So Gardner Minshew, of all people, did to them last week. I think Tua and Tyreek should go off uh, on Monday Night Football. All right, how about a couple others receiving votes here? The resurgent Jordan Love. He has been phenomenal for about a month now. He's got the Giants. I think the only worry there, guys, is if the Giants can't get anything going, is Green Bay going to beat in run mode the second half? But very confident in Jordan Love. Joshua Dobbs, Dobby against the Raiders. He comes in as a top 15 play here. Barry then right outside the top 15. Jake Browning against the Colts if you're in a desperation streaming spot at QB 16. Yeah, 100% on Browning. Like, again, I just – this is just – hey, if you're desperate, he's QB 16. We're not going crazy here, but uh, he should he should be okay against, uh, against the Colts. Like, in week 13, he had the fourth highest QBR. Like, anytime you can get the ball to Jamar Chase and let him do stuff, when you throw a bubble screen to Jamar Chase and he runs 50 yards, Don't that counts <laughs> for Jake Browning, also a little bit more mobile than I think he gets credit for. Josh Dobbs, over the past four weeks, Raiders allow almost 300 passing yards per game third most in the NFL and over the last weeks Jordan Love has been the fifth best quarterback in fantasy football since week 10 Giants second worst in the NFL in pressure rate Love should have a clean pocket to deal from for the hateless headlined by CJ Stroud still comes in as a top 15 quarterback but two really bad breaks here Jay for Stroud he loses Tank Dell last weekend and then what does he get the next weekend? The New York Jets secondary. Yeah, and this is the sneaky thing with Stroud. Look, I think Stroud is incredible. I think he's already a top 10 quarterback real life in the NFL right now. But he doesn't really have to play that many great defenses. The only time it really happened was against Baltimore in week one. And, I mean, it's the first game of his career, so what? But he didn't play well in that. He really struggled against the Saints. He's lit up bad defenses like the Bengals, the Cardinals, uh, these types of teams. And so I think where there's weather forecast for Sunday in East Rutherford going up against a Jets defense that is arguably the best in football. I think he's going to be in a bit of trouble here. And the thing with Stroud, too, he's taken nine sacks his past two games, and that's against Denver and Jacksonville pass rushers that are not great. So... 
I think Stroud's going to be in some trouble on Sunday. Yeah, I have a QB 12 this week, but that's the lowest I've had Stroud in quite some time. Jets have allowed multiple touchdown passes only once in their last seven it's games. Inside. I mean, right, and they've they've played Tua. I mean, like right. I mean, like they've. It's not like they've seen just, Josh Allen twice, right, seen Jalen Hurts, seen Pat Mahomes. I mean. Thank you. Exactly. Only three quarterbacks have thrown for even 250 yards against the Jets this season. And so in games in which Tank Dell has missed or played less than 50% of the snaps, C.J. Stroud is averaging just 13.8 fantasy points per game. So in his first game without Tank Dell against the Jets, you have to lower expectations here for C.J. Stroud. Finally, our last one, Baker Mayfield just makes the top 20 quarterbacks. QB 19 for a Tampa Bay team that... At times, they can get a little fixated on the run here, Matthew. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield has actually been good for fantasy, even though it's been an up-and-down season for Tampa. Baker Mayfield's been usable for fantasy, but I don't know that this is a week you want to use him. He's had 30 or fewer pass attempts in four of the past five games. Uh, the implied team total for the Bucks is just 18 in this one as well. And when Tampa Bay scores fewer than 20 points, again, their implied team total is 18. When the Buccaneers score fewer than 20 points, Baker Mayfield averages just 13 fantasy points per game. So, just probably not probably not the week you want, Baker. Yeah, and also, like, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards since week two. And this team has been trailing a lot. So, it's just not a, it's not a high-octane offense. We're taking our last break. When we're back, it's time for last call. We're going to somehow find prop bets for Thursday Night Football Patriots-Steelers. I promise you, we're going to find them right after this. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mowing Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for last call. Let's take a look at our most bet player props, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Deontay Johnson receptions over three and a half. That's at minus 195 now. George Pickens receptions under three and a half. That's at minus 150. Bailey Zappi passing touchdowns over a half. Just got to throw one there. Bailey Zappi minus 120. No given feet. Mitchell Trubisky interceptions thrown over a half. That's minus 145. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth receptions over two and a half. That's minus 160. Jay, the public 
Not very bold with these bets, I would say. No, but credit to the public for continuing to back overs yes. in this yeah. game. Uh, the most underish game ever. <laughs> uh, my best bet in this one, that's a little, little wonky, a uh, little fiery, but Bailey Zappi to throw for 225-plus passing yards. It's plus 750. He's an NFL quarterback. There's no weather in the game. And I understand that it's Bailey Zappi and he's not likely going to reach this, but there is still enough variance and enough unknowns about him. But no NFL quarterback who is starting and not, is not Kendall Hinton, they should not be plus 750 for, to throw for 225 yards in a game with no weather. And the Steelers have a decent defense, but it's not all world. And Zappi, in one of his few starts in his career, last year he threw for 309 yards against the Browns. So I think that he can get there. You just need like a broken tackle and somebody to run, you know, 50 yards. Yeah. You just need him to have like an average NFL game for a quarterback. (laughs) Like, is he plus 750 to have an average NFL game? Like, I don't think so. I think think he can hit this. So, again, uh, in the most underish game ever, I'm taking an over as well. But here's the over I'm taking. Ezekiel Elliott over 15 and a half rushing attempts. No Ramondre Stevenson in this one as well. Again, one of the ways that you don't have to have Bailey Zappi throw the ball is if you hand it off. Patriots have had at least 25 running back rushes in three straight games. That's what they do. Again, it's what they do. No Ramondre Stevenson in this one as well. Six of the seven teams to face the Steelers this year have had at least 22 running back carries. It's 15 and a half for Ezekiel Elliott in a game in which we don't think the Steelers blow them out. So they should be able to run. They may all be for 2.8 yards per carry, but I think Ezekiel Elliott goes over 15 and a half carries tonight. To cap it all off, in the most uh, underish game ever, I'm going over for Pat Fryermuth receiving yards. It's just 27 and a half. He's been more involved, especially since they got rid of Matt Canada. Trubisky really can't see the outside of the numbers. For, he's not an outside of the numbers for thrower. I didn't, by the way, <laughs> when you said see. Trubisky can't really can't, I would have I gone with whatever anything. came after yes. that. Anything. I yeah. don't think he's going to take a lot of chances outside the numbers. I think he's going to look in the middle of the field to Fryermuth. This might be a game where Fryermuth catches five passes for 40 yards, and it doesn't seem like it matters, but that's a low line even in this game. Yeah. I like that Mike Tomlin said uh, a couple of days ago that Mitch Trubisky – the reason he has confidence in him is that he was once a franchise quarterback. Yeah, in like 2017. Yes. Like, it's for a long way. Horribly for By that franchise team. quarterback, does it mean like, yes, he was the quarterback for a franchise? Yes. So what, there were 32 the franchises in the three NFL. Three pick in the draft or whatever. Right. He yeah. was, he, there were 32 quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. He never I don't lived think he up to being a franchise quarterback, but the team did make He was one. drafted to be one. Yes. Right, exactly. But he wasn't actually one. Other than like the fact Christian that Ponder was drafted to be a franchise quarterback. Sure. So was Tim Tebow. Uh, a couple of quick injury updates that have come in uh, since the commercial break. Brees Hall uh, not practicing this oh week. This boy. is he from Rich Semini. Uh, Rich Semini, who says Brees Hall and John Franklin Myers, by the way, uh, both with ankle injuries not practicing. They're in the rehab area. This could be a Dalvin Cook week. That is from Rich Semini, who covers the Jets for ESPN, does a really good job there. And, oh, by the way, Isaiah Pacheco not practicing again today. Uh, this could be a Clyde edwards Lair and potentially Jarek McKinnon if they get him back this week. But I am, uh, I'm officially starting to be nervous about Pacheco's availability this Sunday against the Bills. Any other sneaky running back candidates on the Jets who aren't Dalvin Cook who could get some run in this one? I mean, Izzy Abanacanda, the rookie, they just haven't given him a chance. He's been active plenty of times. He's probably, when Brees goes down, the most talented runner on the team. I mean, he had 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns for Pitt last year. Would, would well, he? They don't play him. But, you know, in a, for an organization that went with Tim Boyle for a game and a half <laughs> right. too long, 
would he suddenly leapfrog Dalvin Cook, or would no. it just basically be the same workload, but instead of Hall and Cook, it would be it would be Cook and Izzy? Yeah, he won't get any pass game work. He'll get five to six carries, and the rest all will go to Cook. Maybe so some Bam Nice potential for Izzy relevant. to have a moment. Yeah, he's been like long Bam gone. <laughs> long Bam Nice is a, a lion, yes. but like yeah, like a right. well, serious Bam Nice. Yes. Um, well, by the way. Dalvin Cook's probably out there in a lot of leagues if you're desperate for yes. a running back. All right, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For all the dads, brads, and chads, plus Jane Connor, I'm Matthew. We will see you tomorrow. Enjoy Love Hand on NBC Sports.com. Peace out. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mowing Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner, too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.